You are listening to the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast, the show for first-time leaders, for that moment in your career when the book stops with you. This is your window into the world of how to lead successfully. Now, over to your host, James Nagel. Welcome to a new episode of the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast, the show for first-time leaders. I'm your host, James Nagel, and my guest today is John Broderick. John is the former VP of Sanofi Consumer Health International Region. He cut his teeth in Eastern Europe with Mars, Pepsi, Danone, and Reckitt before going global with Beringer and latterly Sanofi. When I met John, he was a hard-nosed commercial operator. And over the past 20 years, I've observed from a distance his evolution to a more rounded leader, concerned not just with the PL, but with people and the external environment. Now, as often with such relationships, you only get the full story when you dedicate some time to it, hence our talk today. And in a first for this podcast, John is a living organ donor, having just recently donated a kidney to his wife. Both are doing well. So welcome, John. Now, John, we go back a long way. So what's your version? Well, I was thinking about this, and I think the first time that I, we actually came in contact with one another was after one of those um, European marketing reviews in Prague late one night because you were playing politics at the other end of the table and I was with the real people down at the other end. And uh, I think that's where we came in contact with one another and started pontificating about various topics late into the evening. Is that how you remember it? It sounds about right. I do, I do, like, to, I do like to talk to people. So we're talking Eastern Europe. And we're talking Ukraine, which is sadly in the news for other reasons right now. That was your first uh, GM or managing director role. What was your formula for success when you were there? Um, I think the formula for success actually evolved as I was there because, you know, as you said at the start, my background was very much commercial sales, managing the present, getting into the day to day nitty gritty pieces. And the the environment that we were coming out of was very much transformation because we were still in the transformation stage of the Reckitt and Coleman, Ben Kieser merger acquisition. Um, so I was going into Ukraine to really set up the business in the most, in the strongest governance uh, that we possibly could give it because up to then it was an offshore, it was an offshore business. I assumed I knew everything when, uh, before I went in, but obviously learned a lot. Uh, very quickly. And there was one piece of advice that I got. Well, he asked me the question first, so what are you going to do in there? And I said, gave him a litany of X, Y, and Z, as I normally do, because I was probably on a selling pitch. And his advice to me was, shut your mouth for 90 days, listen to what's going on, and then decide what you're going to do. And I thought that was potentially the best piece, piece of advice to, that I got. Didn't necessarily heed it all, but tried my best uh, along the way. Um, so going, making the biggest challenge and opportunity that I saw for myself was making that transition from being a commercial sales, trade marketing orientated um, person to being a rounded, a rounded leader. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that was the brief that I set myself going in was how do I make that transition as well as deliver on the expectations that I felt were out there by others. 
So you went into Ukraine, assuming you knew everything. <clears throat> you learned you learned a lot, so you knew even more than everything. So then, then you went to Adriatics. So yeah. tell me about that experience. Um, the Adriatics was um, was a different experience from the Ukraine because it was inheriting a business that had been up and running for for a, for a long number of years, had seen a number of other leaders coming into it, and what that was. You know, the benefit of going into the Adriatic was to learn complexity. Um, you know, you were dealing in multiple markets. Culture was a thing that probably never played in my agenda before that, where, you know, I, I really had to embrace the culture that was the various cultures that were coming through and understand how these could support one another in order to build the business going forward. So that was um, that was a big learning as well as finding some mature markets, as well as some emerging markets, and then balancing all of that together. I think the other thing that, uh, that was an opportunity for me to grow as a, as a leader within all of that was um, taking on board a leadership team that was instilled for quite a period of time. And my job was to break into that leadership team and, uh, and build success from there. Because it's funny, I've mentioned all the companies you'd worked for up until that point, mm-hmm. and you mentioned complexity, culture, and an established leadership team. I would have thought most of that would have been second nature by that stage. What was of those elements? What was the the stretch for you personally? The stretch for me in in both roles was really stepping out from the day to day sales head to actually relinquishing the day-to-day activities of of those various departments from sales from marketing etc etc and actually moving into a new space which was more about strategy which was more about understanding the environment i was dealing in and getting the best from people not pressurizing them to do a job as you said i was perceived as a hard-nosed salesperson up to then but really creating that environment that other people would do great work because of the space that I was giving them to do it. Didn't always get it right. But anyway, you, you've just touched on the crux of the issue from many, many leaders as they evolve. I mean, something that came probably naturally to you had got you where you were. Yeah. So uh, you've been successful so, so far. And now you realize you needed to relinquish something. Was that something that you came to yourself? Or was it something, a lesson you heard the hard way or the easy way? How did that come about? I would say I learned it the hard way. I learned it the hard way on the basis of engagement surveys that potentially we can pay lip service to. Um, but when you go into the nitty gritty details, the numbers are one thing. But when you look at the comments coming out of the, um, the engagement surveys, therein lies the opportunities that you can create for yourself going forward. Because when you're sitting in a functional, as a functional leader, and you look at the general management role, it looks very easy. Uh, someone described it one time as the lonely wolf of the organization because you've got to ensure that you get the best out of the organization. And outside the organization, you've got to ensure that you get the best for that organization to actually deliver. While the general management role, everyone you talk to, I'm sure you felt the same thing. It looks easy. But when you get in, then you really realize that there is much more on the table than just delivering the hard-nosed figures that are in there. You are responsible for 
the group of individuals that are there and creating the right environment for them to succeed and also for you to earn the respect. So I want to bring you back to that that moment you're in the office and the 360 lands on your desk. None of us like feedback that isn't positive. Let me put it in a very <laughs> roundabout way. So you see it, it starts to dawn on you what, what it's saying. It's not all rosy. You've got a couple of choices at that point. What, what, what was your reaction and what did you end up doing with that? Your choices, you could choose to ignore it and say, it. well, that's not me. Or you can, you can say, maybe there's truth there. And I think a lot of what is really important about that first time leadership role is being self-aware. So coming to terms with how your organization sees you and how you want to be perceived. Uh, maybe two different things. So how did I um, go about it? I sat with the regional HR guy and we went through it. You know, I had just taken on that business. So you could blame the past for creating that environment and maybe how people felt. But at the end of the day, it was my responsibility to bring it forward. The solution for me was to get someone from the outside to work with me on how I create a greater impact and even a more positive impact rather than just a short-term business impact. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to test your own readiness for the hot seat, then take the Leadership Readiness Scorecard. Details in the show notes and on swimnotsync.com. You're working in a structure and I understand you, you reached out, you had external support, you had the regional HR. The one, the one sort of key role is that you haven't really mentioned is either your direct boss or your direct team and what what role they played? Um, so first of all, I had to iron out for myself what did I believe the key challenges were? Um, and then how could I work with the team in order to define where we were going to take it? Um, I would say at that period of time, it was more important that I understood how I was contributing to the support of the organization rather than what the organization was going to do for me. Um, and that's where I called in the, the external support. So looking back on that period of time, I worked with my coach on myself, but my coach was getting the information based on what I believed was reality. And we know perception is not necessarily always reality, um, rather than what the team felt. So if I look in subsequent roles, the learning that I had was get it in so that it's a combined activity rather than just the general manager taking responsibility for everything and saying, well, this is on me. I need to do this. I need to prove to the organization that there is a, a moment of change here. The moment of change is when you bring the organization in with you and you bring your direct leadership team in. So as I mentioned in the, in the introduction, after a long stint in Eastern Europe, you went global. You moved on to Beringer, which then became Sanofi. So what helped you swim in those, in those worlds? The first thing I did was we created a very clear strategic house where we were very clear on what was our purpose, why were we doing what we were doing? Um, what were we doing for the business? What were we doing for the brands? But also what were we going to do for the people? And what type of organization did we want to be part of? So what I would say is when I went to Boringer Ingelheim, we, we took on board uh, a new beginning. 
it allowed us have allowed me personally have a clean sheet so i wasn't carrying anything in i was carrying the successes of of what i brought but also allowed me a uh, a time of self reflection a time of understanding and self awareness and allowed me agree with the leader of of uh, the organization at the time which i probably didn't do in the past what are we trying to achieve here how are we going to do it how do i make this relevant for me and my team and then you create cultures with, within that that allow you you develop i would say in the past it was very much about what's the performance what's the performance what's the performance but then what we were looking at now is subsequently is saying performance and the leadership that we're giving our people is really where the rubber meets the road how has your own personal definition of success evolved over time we should not define ourselves by the numbers purely by the numbers the numbers are really important because the numbers allow us to exist so we've got to ensure that we deliver that but i think what's more important for me as a leader and maybe it's the older i have got i'm thinking about the legacy that i want to leave behind and while the legacy is fantastic you know i was in russia during the crisis of 1998 when the ruble was 6 and it went to 23 overnight it's now much uh, much more than that um but you know your dollar figure was x at one period it's now y at another period so why why let that define you what was defining me most was the impact that i was having on people's lives both personal and professional and was i adding value to theirs at the same time adding value to the organizations Your point about numbers is well made. I mean there's the famous cycle of business, you know, there'll be the, the the better times to be in a market and the worst times, right? We we all understand that and perspective helps. But if we look more at the at the personal level when you're dealing with people, you come from probably more as I say performance is in your is in your genes, right? How do you deal with people who don't share that? I have an example of of where that actually happened is when when I when I joined BI one of the team members was you know totally opposite to me the numbers were important to deliver but there was a bigger agenda there and I probably learned a hell of a lot from that individual uh during that period of time because at the start it was a bit of a struggle as we got into working together things ironed out much uh, much faster because we got to understand where people were coming from and i think what i did was as a leader i took the time to think about other people's priorities rather than just purely the business priority and by doing that allowed me the opportunity to get closer to people that's when i started moving into a new space was trying to break things up into the three areas which which we spoke about before you know about managing the present was clear creating the future and the environment for success so that environment for success was the area that i spent much more time on because it allowed the freedom of the rest of the team uh to succeed and my job then was to ensure that i that everyone understood what was happening i didn't put stuff into the system just for the sake of doing it but that everything we were doing was for a reason we understood why we were doing what we were doing for whom we were doing it for and what was the expectation at the end of the day so that's a great philosophy or or sort of management mantra i like it the question is 
were you always ahead of your numbers when you were implementing that strategy or were you still able to do it when you when you were missing your numbers i think it helped us more when we were missing our numbers than it did when we were ahead because we it was very much into the analytics of things so it gave us time to step back as a leadership group and understand why and it also allowed us then work as a team over a wider region now rather than new general managers are managing smaller territories but as i was evolving you were able to balance one with the other um, and that was something that we may not have done in the past everyone was expected to deliver their number and that was it whereas you know managing regions allowed you then to allow some people to take a little bit longer to build their foundations but ultimately deliver uh, the team uh, the team objective at the end of the day so if i'm a general manager currently behind on the numbers and little prospect of making it still this year you're saying a good advice is go go to the the, the area and talk about a portfolio approach and and, and balancing it out. yeah my time in the ukraine was probably one of the times that I had, a, I had a fantastic learning on this, where I was able to use the position of my leader to uh, to get some, I think you called it one day, uh, cover, not being able to deliver a number short term. Because as a new general manager, and we all do it, we want to prove that we can do the job. Every general manager does not want to be behind the number, but doing the job needs to be defined. So doing the job is yes the top line the bottom line the share it's also what are you doing with your organization have you a, have you a, a disjointed organization or have you an organization that's actually moving in a certain direction and are you doing the things that are right in order to get in there so i think it's important for a general manager to be open to agree on what success looks like what outcomes are expected from you and your team um, as you work through this. In my particular case, I was bringing a business from offshore to onshore. We had the, the process chart in place. We had every box ticked. We probably didn't uh, make enough value on trying to convert the importer into a distributor. Suffice it to say, I spoke to our leader at that time, and he was very clear with me. He said, John, your job is to create the right environment, to make sure that we have governance in place that is solid. It may take a little bit longer to deliver that figure. I will ensure that everyone understands the situation, and but you will deliver ultimately at, at, the, at the end of the day. So once I had that openness, then I, I, I had the belief and I had the understanding that I knew what I had to do my boss understood it so there was no issue i would say in some other situations i may have kept it to myself to prove to you know that i was i was actually delivering it and that would have been the wrong thing to do in those particular circumstances so having that first conversation with your boss and saying right what what am i expected to do here and um, not assuming that you know what's expected to be done but what am i expected to 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 do what does success look like? How do you think it'll be delivered? And you keep that communication process open. And I would say my learning has been with all of my new GMs, uh, I've tried to have that. I, I think it is the key lesson. 
it was also not necessarily the norm culturally and we're, we're at record at the time, but because of the sort of unique circumstances and the boss we worked for, it was possible. So look, as we're coming to the end, you're moving past now your first career. You're still a young guy. Thank you. Know, you. Do you still have the need to prove yourself? Um, no. I, I still set myself challenges, which is different than proving myself. Um, for me, what's, uh, it's, it's all about how can I continue to learn? How can I continue to grow? What do I need to develop? Um, the first place you start at is the feedback that you're getting from a variety of, in, of, of individuals, people that you, you know, trusted sources, but also sources that will be authentic as well and, and call it as it is. You know, I think probably you're one of these guys that calls it as it is uh, as well, which is, which is, which is right and, uh, and, and fair to have. Um, for me, it's not about proving, it's about using the experience that I have over the years, using the learnings that I, that I have developed for myself and bringing those to bear on, on organizations. And in a way, that's the purpose of the podcast, right? Getting the people to hear other people who've done it <laughs> and, and try and encourage them to have the tough conversation. I think what your Ukraine story is a, is a perfect example of that. Excellent. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for your time. Thanks, James. Cheers. You've been listening to the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast. Subscribe at swimnotsink.com forward slash podcast.